0: This week, Brother Bobby Kilman continues the series uh, in Colossians, uh, skipping over lesson number six, which did not get recorded, on to lesson number seven, When People Rub You the Wrong Way. Uh, we're talking about our uh, out of the book of Colossians, you know, being intentional about life and Uh, plugging in, and I'm going to try to scribble some stuff and draw some stuff tonight, and so this is kind of like what I feel like. I feel like a juggler, and um, could you, thank you, sir, and uh, I feel like I got like, I keep adding things, (laughs) and you're thinking, no, I know, honey, it's so strange, I keep adding things, so you ready, I I feel like I've got kind of a lesson, Brother Lopez, and I've Oh, here's an illustration or two. And I thought, well, why not? Add? So either this is going to work really well or they're all going to drop. So that's really what I feel like tonight. So I'm, I'm going to try my best to uh, communicate uh, what I feel uh, that we should understand out of this particular passage. I, I will say Brother Lopez has worked really, really hard with the team to try to uh, help us get some wonderful stuff. And I appreciate that very much. It's always a challenge. And especially as you try to, uh, has anyone ever tried to uh, teach someone else's material? Yeah, it's hard, right? I, I don't understand math, people. I love you, honey. It's, I mean, math is just true, I guess. I guess that's one way to go. But I, I'm going to try my best because I think the, the uh, communicable points, Brother Lopez, is just salient, and I want to do my best to kind of make it sizzle and, and, and draw you in. But I don't know that I, we're going to see. They're all up in the air. Hallelujah. I'll just call Devin back up to see. Okay, good. All right, so this is what uh, I think, if I can get this right. Get my notes here. This is my life right now, Uh, reduced to a sheet of paper. Okay, so I'm going to try to communicate what I think Paul's trying to get to us. Okay, uh, mm, Colossians. What is Colossians about? The man Jesus, that's right. In terms of his preeminence, right? And so he's the firstborn of all creation. It talks about all sorts of wonderful stuff. So what I want to do is give you the big idea, and then I want to plug, because if you miss the big idea, you will not understand what Paul says. Okay? When he starts talking about people dynamics, because what we're going to talk about tonight is people dynamics. (laughs) It's it's like the temptation in ministry sometimes, Brother Lopez, is to say, "I love God but hate people." <laughs> Way too honest tonight. Okay, all right. So this is what this is what Paul's saying. It's something like this. There is something that he calls dominion, and and he's saying that under the fallen age, Sister Turner, we're living under the domain, the assault, the attack uh, of principalities, and powers, okay? And this is our life. We're, we're living under uh, all sorts of things. Uh, who has? Who can write legibly? Maybe, uh, uh, Brother John Brown, could you come up and help me? All right, because what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll have you write some things. Brother Brzezinski taught about this last time, and I'm not going to hit on this too much other than just to point it out, that we're captives, right? Whenever you see dominion, that means you're under the rule of something. Okay, so that's what Paul's saying. And so he gives us some stuff. So just however you want to write the words here. This is, you ready? What does dominion look like? Paul's already told us, right? So write fornication. It's in the Bible, honey. (laughs) Brother Musinsky taught on it last week. Uh, Okay, so you ready? Uh, Put uncleanness. Okay, uh, you got to go fast for me, Brother John. It doesn't have to be so legible. Uncleanness, how about uh, inordinate affections? All right, very good. All right. <laughs> Gets harder, it's like a spelling bee. Uh, evil concupiscence. <laughs> Come on, John Brown, all right. All right, and then covetousness. All right, covetousness. How about anger? It's getting crowded in there. Wrath? Malice? Blasphemy? Filthy communication? And one more. And then lie. All right, now, good. Thank you, sir. Uh, this is, uh, I appreciate you very much. All right, this is what Paul says dominion under the old age looks like. What is it? Oh, yes, that should be a C. I was throwing a million at you. you know. All right, good. All right, so covetousness. All right, so now what does that look like? You ready? This, this is dominion. This is life in what Paul calls the old man, okay? This is dominion under principalities and powers. He says we were enemies and alienated in our mind. Uh, That's why he says now that you have been moved, how were we moved? He says that we were were taken as captives and we were moved under the dominion of someone else. Who? Uh, Brother... Norman. Yes. Uh, what was the theme again? You said the man, Jesus. Good. So Christ, dominion is what we live under now. OK, and you were you were taken as captives out of that system. And you ready. You don't get to live your own life. Yes, I'll get you in just a second. Okay. Right. But OK, I'm going to have you write some more stuff. All right, because this is where we're going. Because if you don't know what dominion looks like, you're going to be confused. You're just going to be talking about, oh, you should be nice. No, you should live new life. Okay? And so by the Spirit, you are moved uh, by, out of, underneath one dominion. You ready? Divorced from this spiritual condition, Brother Lopez. Moved by the Spirit, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, under a different, you ready? A different Lord and a new uh, type of life. Okay, and that in, and that includes dominion. Someone will be your Lord. You will have a master, period. Okay? And that's what Paul's making. All right, John Brown, if you want to help me just for one second. Right? Uh, uh, have a seat and I'll, I'll call you up if that's okay, Rev, when, when I'm ready. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Paul's dealt with like legalist tendencies. Right, man, I feel like you guys are so far away. I'm gonna come get you. What did I do? Oh, I dropped the book. That's terrible. Thank you, Brother Lopez. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right, so here's what Paul's saying. Now, uh, I wish we had time to walk through the whole passage, but we don't. But he talks about the glory. Remember, how many of you remember Brother Lopez? Brother Lopez talked about it and Brother Brzezinski, about the glory that, uh, that we'll have with him when he appears. Okay, that means that we can be like him. That means that we can have the life of Christ formed in us, right? Okay, so what does that look like? Paul says, put away some things and now put on other things. Okay, and then he spends a lot of time talking about that. And so his dominion is what he's talking about. And and his dominion in heaven as the resurrected Lord, Brother Herbst, his rule, he conquered principalities and powers. You ready? We're not just talking about being nice. We're talking about the ability to live free. We're talking about not being shackled by the dominion of things like wrath and anger and all these evil communications and inordinate affections. All of these things had dominion in our lives. We were locked in chains and captive to the reign of of principalities and powers. Now, the apostle says, you've been set free. You have a different Lord. He says, so because he's a resurrected Lord put over there by new life uh, somewhere, Brother John Brown, new rule." Okay, good. Okay, so let's uh, let's see if we can get into the text. So, what is Paul saying? He's saying that uh, ultimately all of creation was broken in the fall, Brother Herbst. Now it's being brought back into alignment with God's purposes, right? That's the only beneficial unity in the world. That's why we're called the United Pentecostal Church, not the, you, you, you ready? the uniformity Pentecostal Church. We don't just want to look like we're together. We want to be whole. We want to be united and united with God's purposes and intent. And you ready? That's under the dominion of the. all of this has to be brought back into alignment. And it can only happen under the rule of Christ. And so Paul says, because you are under his rule now, why in the world would you let these things dictate who you are? Okay. All right. So he's going to talk about it. So that means everything. Okay. So let me give you uh, some particulars. Uh, Business has to be operated, not under this rule. Ready? Uh, I had to resist the urge to spend a whole lot of time talking about all sorts of corrupt forms of those types of things. Brother Brzezinski did an incredible job, so I'm going to resist that. Family. Uh, Brother Cole, right here, right? The way I'm husband and uh, the way I'm father, the way I'm provider, or, or Sister Cole, the way uh, your mother or wife or, or uh, all of these things are uh, ultimately have to be lived. Okay, that's why the Bible says. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna go down that road a lot. Okay, can I get practical? All right, so in business, family, money, education, entertainment, all of that has to be submitted to the Lord Jesus. You ready? He's your Lord. So the Lord Jesus, like, what would Jesus do? Well, it's easy. Pick up your Bible and go to the Gospels. WWD, uh, sorry, the WWDJ, but probably what did Jesus do? It's probably WDJ. It's probably better because he modeled our true potential. Okay. Now, if we don't start there, then all of the stuff that we're going to write over here, Brother Brown, is not going to make sense. It's just going to look like optional nice guy stuff. You ready? Instead of living under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so here's the question at the end of the day. Which Lord are you living under? Okay. All right. So uh, let's see if we can dive into the text. So uh, what does the Bible say? Colossians 3.12. Put on therefore. uh, This is what he's going to talk about. You need to. You need to put this on. Uh, That means it's a process. How many of you know you're still in the process? I'm in the process, honey. I'm trying really hard. (laughs) All the couples chuckled. All right. All you single people are like, Brother Kilman's perfect. Brother Brother Lopez just said that thing about me. Yep, catch me on a day I'm tired and hungry. (laughs) It's a bad day. You ready? That means I'm human. We're all human, aren't we? And so we're trying to put on this, how? By distancing ourselves from this. We put this junk off, mortify, mortify the deeds. That that phrase that uh, Brother Brzezinski lifted up, put to death these things, you ready? Or you can't live new things, okay? Because the old man has to die. All right, so put on, therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, and then he starts listing things. So what is it, first of all, you're the elect of God, you are holy, and you're beloved. Okay, so elect, that means you've been chosen, you're the ones, you're it. You're the vehicle that God is going to use to show the rest of the world what unity with his purposes looks like. You're the vehicle. Nobody else can give God glory except those that are baptized in the Spirit. He just dealt with, okay, he just dealt with like legalism. We could put legalism under here too, Brother John. I I was just here, you don't need to. You ready? But you could put legalism under here too. People that, haven't you seen like these little mean-spirited, little tyrant type Hitler people with their little holiness book code? Now, you know I'm strong on holiness, but I'm talking about the opportunity to live life outside of dominion. I'm not talking about my little badge of self-righteousness that I hold up that I can tell people, look how holy I am. You can't even come close to me. One says, "If you, one is an attitude of this, Brother Lopez. Look how holy I am and ha, 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 you can never be this. The other is something like this. I'm just a beggar telling other beggars where to find the bread. And if you realize that you, I don't need to participate in this, it's not about you know how holy I am in terms of my actions. It's the life I get to live out that's new. That's a, a very, very different uh, nuance that Paul was uh, dealing with. And, and so he says, Uh, Put it on, you ready? Holy, that means new life. And and beloved. Now what does beloved mean? We don't have time to deal with it. I'll give you a a little assignment. Uh, Make a note to yourself. Read Psalm 2 and Isaiah 42. It's the quote of Jesus being in uh, the the waters of baptism and at Mount Transfiguration. Uh, uh, Brother Norman, that means that he is the Beloved. You ready? He is the son of covenant. Has nothing to do with him being deity. It has to do with him being a covenant partner. You ready? And you're a covenant partner. You're in an agreement with God. And what does that mean? It means all of heaven is on your side to move you from this to this. Why? Because he wants to make you acceptable, Paul says, Ephesians, into the beloved. You ready? You can please God. You can operate in dominion and power. You ready? Not broken dominion, but the dominion of Christ. And you can live the opportunity of new life. And that's how your beloved, literally your actions can be so pervasive in terms of its alignment with God's servant uh, purposes. He would say, this is my beloved. You're my beloved. and You've been made acceptable only as you align yourself to his beloved son. You ready? Brother Norman, the man Jesus. And when we get our alignment right, uh, everything flows from that. OK. Now there, there it is. OK, I wish we had time to talk about it. So Paul's dealing with the appreciation of who we are and how that should affect how we behave. Okay I, I, I want to talk about that. OK, so brother, <laughs> brother John, let's put some really weird words up there uh, that sometimes but it's only weird because we've lost like language put bowels of mercies what does that mean sister Norman you're a teacher an educator you studied history what in the world is bowels of mercies okay so uh, we're going to look at it Uh, let's put another one up there Uh, uh, brother John oh let's uh, uh, how about we'll, we'll just do some humility long suffering oh Put kindness over there. Humbleness of mind. All these beautiful phrases. Meekness. Okay. Now here's what the apostle is saying. Revelation is useless without realization. You ready? Because real revelation brings realization or participation. All right, I'll show you. Okay, all of you that like alliteration, that's cool. But the rest of you are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. This is what that means. Don't tell me that you have a revelation of the mighty God in Christ if you're not living differently. Because his lordship should affect the way that we live. And without that realization, you're just a professing Christian. You can say you believe, but until your belief affects your action, you ready? You are not truly a believer. You must be born again. You Ready? And moved over to the other side of that. So, uh, again, well, let's look at it. Uh, uh, it This is what Brother... Um, Lopez, one man called ordinary or common virtues that uh, are designed by God to reduce or eliminate friction in every aspect of life. You know what the fall brought? It brought alienation from ourselves and from God and, Brother Cole, from other people when I want to have a good relationship with other people. I know you guys never argue, ever. But occasionally I get carnal, right? And I, I get a little fleshy, and I, you ready? I'm pulled back, tempted to be pulled back into the old man, and I manifest garbage. I know the rest of you are about to be translated, and you never are tempted to come back under the dominion of the old age. That's why it's called a sin. Why? Because what it does is, it, see, all these attacks of the enemy are coming against my marriage, uh, and you ready? Coming against my life or coming against I- any aspect of my relationships with other people, the unity of this group. You ready? And the enemy's attacking that all the time. You ready? And and what he can do is if he gets us outside of this to participate in this, we're back under his attack and bondage. That's why there are groups that are just uniformity and not unity. They don't have true unity with God because they don't have union with his purposes. Now, here's what we're saying. You have to get along with other people. You have to operate with these types of giftings, and that's the only way we can be the beloved. Accepted as a community of believers, and and okay, uh, so let's look at it. How would how would families look if they operated outside of this and under this? Every problem would be fixed. You ready? Interpersonal dynamics in this group. What would it look like? Right? Occasionally, look. There's going to be a time, brother Bass. I'm just, I might be tired and grouchy. I don't mean to be, but I, it might be. I might be grouchy. I I hope not. You ready? And and you will just have to do what? Well, brother Kim's having a bad day, right? And so you know what you need to do in in a moment like that? You have the opportunity to show that even when somebody else is tempted to come under here, you can invite them back under this by forgiving them. And bringing reconciliation in our relationship, Brother Bass, you know, ultimately because I want to be, you ready, not under this. And that's why you can't harbor bitterness when someone wrongs you. Why? Why? Because even if you're justifiably hurt, that's okay. You're going to be because we're all human. Let me give you a great little book. I've plugged it many times for Brother Mullins. He gives all the proceeds. Brother uh, Herbst, the missions anyway from that book. It's called uh, People are Pitiful. And, and everybody's people. <laughs> I love it. You ready? Every one of us, we're all people. You ready? And that means we're all pitiful. That means have pity on people. How many of you ever made a mistake? You ready? Then if you've made a mistake and you've experienced the grace of God, you have to learn to give grace to other people. You ready? And the the biggest thing that will help unity in this group and maintain the relationships, and from that relationships the unity that God can use and the momentum to grow this group is only if we give to other people what Christ has given us. And that's what Paul says. Okay, so let's, uh, let's uh, look at the, the text. Okay, so what, is, what does some of these look like? What is, okay, bowels of mercy. See, this is what the, the Greek world, many people in the past, you can dig this up. The, it's talking about not just what you think, but it's the full extent and depth of compassion. Not a half hearted effort, but compassion shown from the depths inside of you. They, they considered kind of in here. Have you ever, like you ever heard somebody say fire in the belly? Have you ever been like, oh, and you can feel it down in your gut, right? That's where anger and wrath, that's where, by the way, compassion, you're moved deep in the core of who you are. That's what the scripture means by bowels of mercy. You ready? Either you're operating with this or you're going to pick up one of these. And from the internal compulsion of who you are, there's always a drive working. And Paul says, instead of letting this drive you, instead of letting these feelings and these thoughts and these behaviors drive you, let these drive you. Choose something else. Why? Because you can now. You already mortify some. The first time you feel that ungodly anger coming up, kill it. Put it down. Paul wasn't nice. He said, put it on a cross. Mortify it. Put it to death. You ready? And, and it will help you maintain unity and compassion with people. Because if you just get hacked off and shoot your mouth, I'm going to share my mind. always kid people, brother, say, don't do that. You probably don't have enough to spare. You know? Of course, that's my smart aleck side. It doesn't really help Right, but people think somehow, uh, and I, I like the uh, lesson, Brother Lopez, because the, the uh, creator of the lesson said something like this. He says, people think today, the mistaken notion, that they have the right to just express their thoughts and their feelings. Well, it's truly the way I feel. I know, it's called your carnal, sinful nature, and it'll destroy friendships, and it'll destroy marriages, and it'll destroy unity in a church. Keep your dumb mouth shut. But I really feel this way. Who cares? Because we're taught to express our feelings. You know, if I shot my mouth off every time my flesh felt something, you think I'd, working, I'd be, wouldn't be working on 20 years of marriage? You ready? Because you have to mortify the deeds and say, uh, I'm not going to let the old man rise up and rule me. All right, so contrast that with something else. What about humility? What is humility? Well, it's kind of like versus ego, right? So humility is a, a, a realistic view of oneself. One man said it this way, thinking lowly of ourselves because we are so. We're just human beings. And, and you know, you said a lot of nice, wonderful things about me, Brother Lopez, but I'm just a guy who gets up and puts my britches on one leg at a time, and I realize my carnality is a huge thing. And if it wasn't for the touch of God on my life, I realize I can wreck relationships. Relationships. And, and you, that was very gracious of you to say, I just, and, and, but you know, that man is an incredible man. He really is. He's fought for the truth and loved God fiercely. We just, you ready? Here's the difference. If you're operating on this side of the room, we're just two guys talking about an issue. We're dealing with the problem, you ready? And it's not about taking things personally. And I don't have to worry about even, you ready? Being locked into this kind of thinking. Can you disagree with someone and just walk and say, well, we just disagree." Very hard to get that in our society anymore because they're living under the dominion of the old age, and they're falling into the traps of the enemy, and it's destroying the ability for us to even have civil discourse. And and there's no civil discourse in our America. If you disagree, then I will crush you. And that, that and you ready? That's not what the Bible says. So here, let me give you a couple case studies. There's a there's one. Uh, let me give you a little look at like narcissism. I think narcissism is so prevalent in our. Uh, culture, it's, it's insane. Narcissism has two components to it. It says, I'm always right, or I'm, uh, and I'm always the victim. You know, what is, I mean, at the end of the day, can you just be wrong? You better learn to laugh at yourself and take yourself a little less seriously and just say, hey, make the issue the issue and not take this personally. And, and, and that type of thing is totally uh, affronted to the, the gospel of Christ. And, and I'm telling you, and how many of you know what I mean? It destroys relationships. All you have to do is go think and go, oof, yes. And if we had more of that and less of this, there'd be a lot of harmony in homes and churches and, uh, dare I say, organizations, Brother, uh, Brother Lopez. And so Paul says, uh, he gives us another word, long-suffering. It means putting up with others and enduring discomfort. I hope you realize this. You're not going to necessarily like everybody's personality. But go to heaven with them. Don't make that rub that you feel an opportunity for you to go to hell. Just love people. Okay, so uh, Paul says, uh, verse 13, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Now, what did Christ do? You could demand your rights. Jesus could have demanded his rights, but he would not have suffered and he would not have served and he could not be our substitute. He was justifiable. He could have said, I'm right. I've lived a good life. I can go my own way and go back to heaven and I can be the perfect man in heaven. Right. But instead, he endured things he didn't deserve. Now, you can. okay. now, this is how that works. It's like this young lady who was dating at IBC when I was a student there in the Stone Ages. and, And she said, this guy's been flirting with me and he was and. And he was uh, trying, well, it was really kind of a wild thing. Anyway. And so she said, at the end of the day, he's pr- trying to pretend like this didn't happen, and I'm going to make him admit that he was, in fact, flirting with me, and he's going to correct some things that he said. And I said, no, you can do that, and you're absolutely right. You're justified in doing that. but you're going to destroy your friendship. So here's the question. Can you lay down your rights to save the friendship? <laughs> you Ready? And there will be lots of times in your interaction in the church and with the people of God where you're going to have to lay down your rights. You can know you're right, but you don't have to vindicate yourself. You ready? Augustine said it best. He said, God, deliver me from the lust of self-vindication. Just get off Facebook. You ready? Show love to people. You don't have to prove you're right. You you ready? You can do that. But I promise you, if you just love people when they hurt you and choose to serve people, you ready? Even when Jesus said something about loving your enemies. And we're just talking about the church at this particular point, this particular group, right? And so where can I say in my life, how do I make sure that whatever I'm doing, that I'm forbearing? You ready? I'm willing to uh, let the debt go unpaid. Okay, and and so uh, uh, there are two little principles. Uh, First of all, take the high road. That means don't reframe the argument in your head. Listen to them. Don't try to figure out what you're going to say in rebuttal. Listen to them. That means don't demonize people that differ from you. Protect yourself, I'm telling you, from all of this type of garbage and instead sit down and and, and now look, Brother John Brown, even here. If somebody wrongs you, Jesus does not expect you to forgive people that don't uh, have true repentance in their life. He doesn't even do that. Just a note. (laughs) So he's not asking you to be a victim. Okay, does God forgive people until true repentance is there? No, because forgiveness always, now catch this, includes reconciliation. Reconciliation. It means getting right with God and getting right with the people that you've wronged. Until they're willing to do that, there's no grounds for true relationship. And you do have to protect yourself from people that want to hurt you, right? But you ready? At the same time, even if you've been justifiably hurt, don't harbor all of these other things, wrath, bitterness, malice. All of these things will eat your victory up. Okay, And you can say you don't. You don't get to live rent-free in my head. I'm going to write off that wrong in the sense that even if they don't ask forgiveness, I can say I choose to operate my life by uh, uh, letting that debt go. All right, let me see if I can, I, I can close. How many got what I'm talking about? Okay, good. Paul says, uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's start here, yes. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Somebody say supernatural. See, that's what, what, that's what God is trying to get us into. He's saying, you are. listen, this is not on your own. Uh, Brother, Brother Kilman, if I've been hurt, how can I forgive someone? Uh, well, you can start with actions first, and your heart will follow. You can just do what's right, even if your feelings aren't there yet. You ready? You do not have to be dictated to by your feelings. You can live outside of this dominion. You ready? And you have the capacity and the opportunity to do what's right because you have the spirit of God. Now, I've I've said this illustration in here before, but I I know of a wonderful lady who served her whole life for God uh, when she got in church Brother Lopez. She's incredible, so I'm not... No one can even know who this is. She's so far, but when she was a young girl, her her father was horrible. Uh, he was a he, he was a drunk and physically abusive and sexually abusive to uh, all of the girls and 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 just a horrible man. And that woman took that man, that dad, later in life into her home because he had crippling arthritis and took care of him, physically changed his bed. In his bedpan, you get the picture. Ready? How can someone, Brother Lopez, do that? I'm going to tell you, because you're not on your own. You have the opportunity to access the Lordship of Christ by the Spirit and say, Lord, turn my heart towards forgiveness. Let your glory be manifested in me. Help me not to be overcome by bitterness and anger and wrath and all these things. Help me to put that on a cross, you ready, and live out new life. There is no natural explanation for that type of thing. It's a supernatural work of God. That's why uh, only you can do this. Okay. All right, let me see if I can wrap up. Mm -hmm. So uh, Paul says, let the word of Christ. That's the only time that phrase is ever used in the Bible, by the way. I wish we had time to dig into that. that. I'll give you that as a teaser. Uh, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Now, why did Paul just go to worship? You ready? Uh, Because he's saying you have to submit to the demands of the word of God. And let it become so deeply ingrained into into your life that it impacts all of your thinking and acting and that will spill out into worship. I'll give you the the parallel passage. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. Paul says the same thing. He says, Brother Herbs, hymns and songs are an outgrowth of being filled with the Spirit. Everybody say dominion. You ready? But here, he's saying, it's not only about the spirit being inside of you. It's about the word and the intention of God being realized. So you know what you need to be a true worshiper? Spirit and truth. And you know what that looks like? It looks like this dominion right here. And that's the acid test. Everything else is uh, weak worship. Okay. Mm. So a word-filled Christian is a spirit-filled Christian, which spills into a thankful worshiper because that new dominion allows them, you're ready to be free. So you're either living under bondage, and that's the opportunity that dominion gives you, bondage or freedom. And When you get free, uh, that's when you can truly see. Okay. And then lastly, pursuing personal peace. You ready? Alignment with God. Personal righteousness. Why? Uh, Because it's very hard out of the poverty of your own spirit to minister to someone else when they hurt you. So what does that look like? Let me help you. There's a great illustration by, this is not my illustration. I'm going to give it, give credit to where credit is due. You've heard me say it before. Uh, But Brother Herbst, it's uh, it's, uh, uh, Francis Schaeffer. He talked about uh, existence being like this, a book. He says, you can look at the book, and you can see something, and you see, like he said, you find pages torn out of the book. And he says, you can see, Brother John, you can see words there, right? And you can know, man, there's something trying to be communicated there. And, and, but is that enough for you to understand? You can see intention, but you, you don't know what's going on. He says, this is the created world. This is life under the fall. There is enough in life for you to say, there's a higher purpose. I should be involved in more. He said, but that's not enough. He says, it's not until, he says, maybe you see this. And he says, then you go up in the attic and you find this sheaf of papers. uh, And you realize, wow, that looks like it matches that other thing. And he says, when you take it and you line it up, you realize, wow, this, this is the disclosure of that other thing. And he says, all of a sudden you realize, if I have this, I can understand this. And he says, this is what the word of God is. You ready? It's disclosing what true existence really is. And without this, you can't understand all of life. Now, here's the tragic failure of Francis Schaeffer. Even when I get this and this, is it enough? No, because I have knowledge and I have true knowledge, but I don't have the ability to perform. You ready? But God, by His Spirit, says, I'm not going to leave you in that condition. I can make you whole. You ready? So you're not just looking to your own self here. You can know it's right to do, to treat people kindly. But what you should say is, Lord, help my life to be so demonstrably different that people would see my good works. Help me to just have mercy. Help me to be motivated by that in all of my interactions with people. You ready? Help me to demonstrate humility. Help me to have a long suffering. When someone wrongs me, let me just suffer through some things until people get it. Can you deal with bad attitudes long enough for somebody to pray it through? Look, I wouldn't be in church today if, if this wasn't the attitude of the church. Uh, poor Brother Winters over at Side, Brother uh, Lopez. I mean, they should have ran me off. I was a terrible pagan at that point. And you know what they were? They were long suffering. And I look at that and I really think, Brother bass i think brother morgan I, I think they should have ran me off but who knows it could have been that bitterness and anger would have gotten my heart and resentment against the church and you know what they did? They just suffered with a little jerk kid teenager coming around there just trying to meet girls and they suffered long with me and and and, and you know they showed me kindness and meekness i promise you if we just get this working it'll protect us from all the issues that we're, we're going to have them because we're all human beings, right? And you have to say at the end of the day, which dominion am I going to let rule me? So stand with me tonight. Here's your biggest challenge. <laughs> let's just make it, let's make it concrete tonight. This is C-T-Y-A right here. Or this is maybe, I know there's some couples in here. And maybe this is you as a couple. Or this is you as a, uh, an individual in terms of your education or your values. Or, or, or maybe it's just being on the team, some part of the team dynamics here. I know we got all sorts of things going on. Here's what you can't do. Don't let the enemy drag you back into here. And you can see it happen, bad attitudes in people. You have to choose. You ready? To operate your life under the right type of dominion. So here, again, this is not, this is this is kind of, this is real spirituality. And you have to say, every time I'm tempted with any of these things, I have to realize it's the enemy trying to disrupt the unity of the body and stop the glorifying of God in this group and from this group into the city. So you know what, uh, so here, I guess this is what I want. I want you to get a little aggravated occasionally at the attacks of the enemy. See them for what they are. You ready? And when you feel the resurrection of that old man, you say, no, you will not stop the glory that God wants to manifest in us. And what's the glory? The glory of new life. At that point, say, whatever it takes <laughs> I have to, I have to go put down these bad ideas. And Why? Because, again, we want our group, when people walk in here, they should say, this is like, A total different place. There are people that say that. This is a total different world, you ready, than what's out there. Why? Because we're saved. We're under the rule of new life. All right, so lift up your hand with me. Would you just thank the Lord first? God, you've made us better. You've made us whole, Lord. You've given us the opportunity to live in a different way other than the brokenness out there in the culture. Lord, you make us have the opportunity, God, for all these good things by your spirit to rule our lives. Forgive us when we fall short, Lord. Forgive us when we don't do what we should. And Lord, help us to remember in that same way, we have to forgive one another. Help us to look with compassion on each other and and not just use our our mouth and our our time and our energies to tear people down, but to really love one another and to build each other up in the faith. I promise you that's the will of God. How many of you want to do the will of God? You ready? You ready? Just turn to somebody and say, I'm going to be nice. What's that look like? It means not gossiping. It means not slandering. You ready? I mean... Again, I wish we don't have time to deal with all the negative aspects of this. But you get it, right? None of this stuff should be in our group. Why? Because, you ready? When we get this other thing working, and it is, when people walk in, they're going to say, man, they're kind. And people will, and again, I've quoted a ton in here. We'll see your good works and glorify who? Your Father, which is in heaven. They're under a different Lord. Thank you.